Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Well, Happy New Year. It is the 1st of January here, 2019. Can you believe that? Wow. Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. As he said, I'm David Henry, and I'm really excited for today's show because before the holidays, before it changed to 2019, can you believe it? 2019. Wow. I feel like I'm getting old. But um, before the holidays, we did the complete guide to Pixels, LED tape, and custom LEDs part one, where we started talking through what it takes to get going with pixels and LEDs and all that stuff. And, and so today, in part two, we're going to continue that. And, and, and instead of talking about the technical, which we really covered in that first part, in this part, we're going to talk about the design more so um, than the technical. So if you haven't checked out the first part of this podcast, You'll want to check that out, and we'll be linking to it in the show notes, and you can also find it at learnstagelighting.com slash 045, because that was episode 45. Thank you for being here today. Um, I want to highlight um, today that um, at learnstagelighting.com slash quiz, you can go ahead and uh, get a free guide that I have for you to get you started with lighting. So if you are new here, you say, well, I don't know about all this pixel stuff, but I'm just getting started with lighting, then head over to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz and uh, you'll answer a couple questions and I'll be able to send you a guide that works for your lighting that shows you no matter what type of lighting you're doing, um, how to get started and uh, how to really get things going in the right direction. Awesome. So as I said before, we uh, talked two episodes ago, the last main segment episode on Pixels LED tape and custom LEDs. So now let's talk design, okay? Because we, we really covered the technical pretty well last time. We talked about powering LEDs and data and how it gets to them and what type you might find and all kinds of stuff like that. So you get some LEDs now. You've got maybe an LED tape product or or maybe you've got um, some LEDs, some individual pixels of some type. Well, whatever you've got, it's now time to think about the layout, okay? So the first thing you kind of want to know about LED strips or LED pixel strips or pixel tape, as it's called, or individual pixels, is that um, a lot of times, sometimes people think about making an LED wall with these types of products. And, and well, that can work and you can do that. It's going to be a fairly low resolution. And so generally, a lot of the projects you're going to do with LED tape, though, you can make a low resolution, like a one inch um, wall of, of, out of this kind of LED product. Most of the time, the, the kind of projects you're going to want to do with, with this kind of LED is, is going to be either some strips, maybe outlining a set piece, outlining your stage as a whole, maybe outlining guitar amps on stage or something like that. Maybe you're just going to do some shapes in the background or trace some trusses up in the air or something like that. You may write out some letters. You may make some shapes or a graphic or something like that. The, the point is that the cool thing about these LEDs is that you can pretty much design or trace out almost anything you want with these kind of products. And so there's, there's a lot of things that you can do. And I know that's kind of abstract, but if you look at a place like churchstagedesign.com, ideas.com rather, um, we'll link to that in the show notes, churchstagedesignideas.com. 
or somewhere like that, and you just type like LED tape, you'll see a lot of things people have done, um, whether it be with regular LED tape or pixel tape, which uh, or individual pixels, which is what we're focusing on here. But, you know, the, the first thing to really think about when you're laying out your LEDs is, okay, what do we want this to look like? Like, what shape do we want to have? Now, as you figure that out, you can start to really design it and come up with a technical design because the part of LEDs that is probably the most complex is the power part of the equation. Now, the great thing about when you're working with pixels is that power and data are essentially treated separately, just like a regular DMX fixture. Now, oftentimes you run them together down the same plug, but at, at a certain point, um, depending on the type of LED product you're using, it could be a couple feet, it could be, you know, many feet. At a certain point, the voltage to your LEDs, either that 5 volt or 12 volt power signal, and I recommend 12 volt um, because it can run further, that, that signal is going to drop too much because LEDs, especially LED tape, has very thin copper wires behind it, okay? And you know, different LED products like different LED modules or dots you may find are going to be able to go further than LED pixel tapes. But regardless, no matter what you're doing, these LEDs can only run so far in a single run with the power at the front end, at which point the power gets too low and uh, things start to go crazy. Um, you may get some strobing, uh, you may have sections that kind of black out or stop responding or something like that. So when the voltage gets too low, and you can check that with an electrical meter, and there's calculators online, and, and, and I can help you through it as well if you're a Learn Stage Lighting Labs member, but um, once the voltage gets too low, the great thing about pixels is you can just re-inject some new power um, at that point where the voltage is low. So that's the really cool thing about pixels is that you don't really have to worry about, um, you know, starting from the controller and then you can run out as many pixels as you can, you know, like a traditional RGB dumb LED tape where the controller's got to power that whole strip of tape. Um, in this case, you know, you can just go uh, for a long run of pixels and when you need to add in more power, you simply can cut the voltage between it and uh, add in power. Now, this is that's a very simplified version of how this works. So, truth be told, the finding the best way to wire your LEDs for the given project, whether you're bringing in power at one end, at both end, breaking the power in the middle and reinserting it or injecting it, as we usually call it, um, that's really going to depend on the layout of your LED. So, that kind of goes back to why we're talking about um, how you're going to lay it out. Because even before you buy any LEDs or any LED drivers or pixel controllers or anything like that, you really want to have a good plan of, of what the end product is going to be like. Because at the end of the day, you want uh, to, to make sure that what you buy is able to do what you want it to do and you buy the exact right thing so that, you know, you don't waste your money. And so, you know, the, the way that this stuff gets powered is is very much dependent on how you're going to set it up and, and what your design looks like. And so once you kind of figure out the way that's, that's going to lay out, you can then start to figure out power, okay? And uh, once you've got that powered, we can then figure out, okay, so what does the lensing look like on these LEDs? Are we going to have the LED tape or the pixel tape or the individual LEDs um, actually viewable? 
Are we going to put them behind some kind of diffusion material? And this could be, you know, some aluminum uh, LED mounting track that has a white diffuser over top of it. These are very common. This could be some corrugated plastic in the clear or uh, natural color, as it's often called. This could be that the LEDs are really just grazing a wall and kind of doing a a cove um, highlight type effect where, you know, the LEDs aren't visible to the eye, but they they kind of highlight a wall. So you you really got to kind of figure this out. There's there's no right or wrong answers when it comes to lensing. What I would recommend doing, especially if this is your first LED or pixel product, is once again, you know, go into a place like churchstagedesignideas.com typing in something like LED tape, and I'm even doing that right now, and um, or LED pixel, and, you know, just looking at those different searches and seeing what people have done before for diffusion, for layout, for um, different things like that. And then when you kind of see what other people have done, I think that'll probably give you a lot of inspiration for, for what you can do um, in order to, to do something that, you know, works for you and works for your space. And so, um, once you've got that figured out, you've now figured out, okay, this is the kind of LED product or pixel that I'm going to run. This is how I'm going to lay them out. Um, this is how I'm going to put a lens over top of these LEDs. Now you've got to control the things, right? And so that's really the last step. And and we've really got three good options when it comes to Pixels, LED tape, and custom LEDs. When you're working with Pixels, um, the first thing to know is you're going to have a lot of data, okay? So that's the simple method because this is going to be a red, green, blue, or maybe a red, green, blue, white LED pixel. And you may do 30 of these pixels per meter. That's about one inch spacing. You may do 60. You you may do um, a little bit less. But whatever you do, that turns into a lot of data. Because if you think about it, you take a three-channel RGB LED, and say you do 30 of those per meter, okay? So um, meters is often how a lot of this stuff is measured just because it's coming from China, and, and it's a very international product. So pretty much everything's measured in meters here. So if you're in the U.S., just to get used to it. And, you know, a meter is obviously around three feet. Um, and so and so each meter now uses 90 channels of DMX, which means that in about six meters, you've already run out of DMX channels for one universe. In fact, you know, you're going to get about 170 pixels on a universe or about 340 on two universes of DMX. And so when it comes to it, I'll come back to that point in a minute. There's really three ways that you can run pixels. Okay. You can run them from your lighting console. You know, you don't need any type of special software or anything like that, or a media server or anything like that. You don't necessarily need that. You can run these things off your console. They just patch and they just work like a bunch of three channel LED par cans generally. Okay. And, and they go through the pixel driver, but that's how they patch, just like a regular LED par. Now, the, the benefit to this is, you know, if you've got a lighting console in place, then it's not going to cost you any more. The downside is it's, it's hard to make really cool, advanced-looking effects. And also, um, the other issue with it is if your console doesn't have enough output because these things eat up a lot of universes really fast, 
then you're going to have to buy more output from your console manufacturer, which often may be more expensive than some of these other options, okay? And uh, one thing that I like to mention here as well is that you can run using a certain pixel driver, such as the NTEC pixel port, um, which I've reviewed, and I'm going to link to that in the show notes, in a driver, pixel driver like the pixel port that's really designed for people who are just beginning has what's called a simple 17-channel uh, DMX mode. It's 17, 17 channels, and it just allows you to go ahead and um, control your two universes, your 340 pixels out of this box that, that's able to control them you're able to actually go ahead and, and condense that down to just 17 channels. And so that runs a lot like a um, just an effects engine inside a lighting console where you've got some kind of a shape and you've got a background color and then you've got, you know, that action, that wave happening. In fact, if you've watched um, my videos on Wired Stage Lighting on YouTube, a lot of times I have this pixel backdrop behind me where there's some blue going on and, and that's being driven by an Intech pixel port, okay? And it's just one of those automated programs that that is built in with the effects generator and I recorded that custom program in there and it just plays behind me, but you can control that totally from a lighting console. So that is one um, option right there. Then another great option, um, the third, is to run the pixels from a media server type software, okay? And, and so what a media server is, um, just on the bare, you know, base level, is it's just a piece of software that takes video content and or generates video and converts it to, to work on your pixels. So it converts it to networked lighting signal, which is how, you know, most of these pixel controllers are going to be talking. And so... The, the great benefit to using a media server is it's generally a lot easier and quicker to program stuff that looks really cool across your pixels. Um, you can get that done really fast with, you know, a media server. And so there's a few that I, I like to recommend here, actually two. Um, one is Intex Elm, which I think is just a crazy good piece of software. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Um, and then the other one is called um, the pixel mapping software. Now, this is one that I haven't gotten to use a lot, but it's actually been made by a church. And um, and I'll find it and make sure I link to it in the show notes. And it's, it's not as easy to use as Entex Elm, but it's free. And so um, the one thing that I really like about Entex Elm is that it's not expensive to use. Um, check with your local, you know, person, your local distributor, but, you know, you can get going and control um, some serious amounts of pixels for just, you know, 100, I think it starts at 125 bucks, and then, you know, the $250 one gives you a lot of output, and you can go from there. But you can control a lot of pixels pretty easily. Um, you can bring in live video, you can bring in videos that you've created and effects that are generated uh, by the software all in one unit. So I would say um, it's a really great value. I think it's an amazing software. I've worked with other pixel mapping softwares on the market. There's a number of them out there. And I've not found one that's as easy to use as Elm and get started with. And I also haven't found one that um, is at the price point that Elm's at. There's just nothing else out there that, that touches it price-wise. 
Um, a lot of these other programs are a lot more expensive. And while they might have a couple extra features, you know, they don't have a lot. And I really, really like Elm. But the uh, pixel mapping software is um, another option that I haven't played around with a lot, but I've downloaded it. And it generates, um, you know, it generates basically things that look like videos, you know, generated effects. And it's totally free. It's a little more complex and harder to use. And, um, you know, it's it's just made by this church, but I thought I'd rec- recommend it here because if money is truly, you know, so tight that, you know, you can buy pixels but don't have the money for Elm right now, you could try out this software and see if it works for you. You know, I think Elm is worth the time savings it gives you, but I know there's some folks out there that really, you know, want to get this done and, and want to cut every cost. My thought is if you're spending money on pixels, um, the cost to then bring in um Intex elm is not a lot out of your total budget so i would i would look at both of them you know they both the great thing about them is the pixel mapping software is free but Intex elm has a really great downloadable demo version that just um it just blacks out about every 15 minutes i think for a couple seconds but other than that it's fully functional you can set up all your stuff you can work with it you can test it you can make sure it works great for you and uh, do all of that before you buy it. So it's really a no-brainer on that regard. Um, so when it, when it comes to control, you know, those are kind of the three options to run pixels from your lighting console, to run them standalone um, via, you know, something like an Intech pixel port, or to run your pixels from a media server software when we're, ta- when we're talking about running things live um, on a stage. So um, I've got a link as well that's going to kind of talk through what software I like to use it talks a little bit more about Elm and we'll make sure to link to that as well in the show notes. But, um, but that kind of, that kind of finished things up for pixels. Um, you know, there's a lot of information I know that I've thrown out in these two episodes and there's a lot more that I could go into, especially in video. So, um, I did want to pivot here and just mention that, you know, inside of learn stage lighting labs, and I know I talk about it a fair amount here, We've got an action plan called Custom LED Design 101, or I think it's just called Custom LED Design. Um, I dropped the 101 to make it a little more simple, but regardless, um, Custom LED Design is is a really great action plan available to learn Stage Lighting Labs members that uh, allows you to, you know, learn how to do all this stuff that I've talked about in these last two podcasts. But instead of just me on audio, it's the complete guide via video. So it shows you everything from you know, how to, where to get the stuff, what to get, how to buy it, how to solder it, how to put it together, you know, um, tips and tricks for, you know, mounting things, tips and tricks for powering them. And then last but not least, inside of the labs, of course, you have access to me and uh, other lighting experts and hobbyists inside of our user forums, which um, I know folks that have gone through it and have done pixel projects have found it to be so helpful because you can put your design out there for me and uh, I can really take a good look into it, make suggestions, and uh, help you figure out exactly what you need to do. So that's totally another great option. And um, so definitely check that out. You know, Learn Stage Lighting Labs, as I mentioned before, is really inexpensive. You can get started for less than a dollar per day uh, if you go with the quarterly or yearly options. And uh, it also is a monthly option as well. So check that out at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. And in closing, um, just wanted to mention that um, 
And the show notes for this episode are at learnstagelighting.com slash 047. And uh, if you are new here, as I mentioned before, um, go over to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz, and I'm going to give you a free guide to help you get started with lighting there. Now, next week, I'm really excited because I've got your questions to answer. That's right. Um, a little earlier in December, um, that would be last month, I asked for questions. I got a ton of questions, and uh, we're going to work through the rest of those as well as questions that have come through since at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. So you'll want to be sure to check that out. If you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you do that. You can go to learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes, which will take you to iTunes or Stitcher, and I help you get subscribed. Thank you so much for listening today. I really enjoy making this podcast, and I hope uh, that you enjoy listening to it as well. And I hope that you have a great day. I'll see you next week. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.